Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hey, good morning. This is Tom Hayes. And we are back for the new year. Boy, it has been a little bit of a hiatus as far as I've been. Traveling around, doing things, but Rosemary got me back on track, and uh, this feels really good. I'm calling from Boston, Massachusetts, and way up in, is it Hancock, Maine? It is. Little village of Hancock. (laughs) All right. And then we have Rosemary Young, back after her little vacation. How are you, Rosemary? I'm I'm doing good. I um, yeah I've had a bit of a I quote hiatus I guess you could say I, that I I wasn't on, but uh, getting back into the swing of things and and uh, picking up picking back up this brand new year. So I shouldn't say picking back up. I should actually say starting off new, <laughs> clean um, a clean fresh page to start I, off I, on. Our guest is on the on the air here today. We're talking to. Ryan Michaels Colson, did I get that right? Ryan? Well, oh, I guess maybe mm-hmm. I gotta give him a release here. Here we go. Okay. See, I thought I pushed the button. He's there, but he's. Uh, let me see if I can get him. Let me see. Uh, Ryan, are you there? I see you there. Uh, huh. I don't know what the heck is. Well, Ryan, I just said it's starting maybe, off new, but. <laughs> maybe if you, uh, Ryan, are you there? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, maybe uh, try calling back in again. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see. He's here. That's something. Uh, a little technical oh, difficulty, people. Oh, he's going to call back in. He left, and he's going to call back in. But let's see. Why don't you, uh, while we're waiting for the call back in, why don't you tell the uh, the listeners what, um, how you guys connected and where this is going and uh, all of that stuff. Well, we connected through a mutual friend that uh, actually I'd known this friend since high school through on Facebook, and um, and uh, this friend of mine mentioned uh, how. Ryan does a lot of benefits, and he, you know, was thinking about my daughter, Victoria, who has Rett syndrome, and the fact that we wanted to get, you know, more awareness. He had spread the word about Rett, and uh, he said that, you know, he did, you know, show many events for children with cancer. Um, So I, you know, of course, uh, we added each other on on Facebook, and we've been on, you know, for a little while, and then just, boom, this in the past, I want to say, Past month, maybe we've been we've been going back and forth chatting, and he um, is, you know, he's a uh, little interested in doing an event for her. So, um, yeah, he, that's how we connected. We connected uh, through, of course, the greatness of social media and uh, and a mutual friend. And uh, I'm just well, yeah. he, so I, I just, he is back. I hope Ryan, are you there? I'm here. What? Hey, ah, Ryan. Yeah. Oh. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I heard you, I heard you, but you? I I'm good, I'm good. Thank you. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We uh, Well, here, let me give you a proper uh, reception here. <laughs> Ladies and 
ladies and gentlemen, Ryan is in the house. Well, we've gone this long, almost about five to six minutes here, but we haven't told anybody what you do. Rosemary, back well, to you. Back to me. Well, I, I'm going to actually, I would like to, you know, pass the, definitely pass this on to Ryan and just ask, you know, that way people, our listeners will be aware of what Ryan does. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get this rolling. So Ryan, please explain, you know, what is it you do that you enjoy doing and, and you have been, um, yeah, just, I, I have to say, I have to put it this way, um, gracing others because you have been doing so, so many good things that you could just tell the audience what, uh, you know, what is it? Well, uh, I, I started wrestling entertainment in 2002 I started out with with getting trained by WWE Hall of Famer Tony Atlas. Tony lives in Maine. Uh, he lives in Auburn, Maine, and I, I was trained by him. And I I automatically started doing fundraiser shows through him. He went back to the WWE, I think, in 2006, and I started running shows on my own. And I I love to go around and help people that are struggling that need to get back on their feet or having a hard time doing things. So I, I search for people in, in small communities that, that need help. And I put together smaller independent wrestling shows where they can, where the community can, can come out and, and help support them and, and get their mind, get their mind off the, the hard times and the struggles of, of the real world and have a good time just in a couple hours and get their mind all off that and help them out with some money and help them out with the community and also have, just have a good time at the same time they're making some money. Well, uh, I was very impressed. I saw your videos last night and especially when the, uh, the title, the baddest trash talker since stone cold, Steve Austin. Wow. That, 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 that goes right to the, uh, to the essence of the matter. Boy, he could talk trash. Couldn't he? He could talk trash, but I can talk trash too. But that, I the, the, the difference that. between I was very impressed. The, I, I am a, I'm the bad guy on the on the screen, but I'm the, but I, I try to be the best person I can for the kids in the community, and and everybody around in in real life. But when the bell rings and the show's on, I, I'm I'm a bad guy, and and I'm that I'm the I'm the guy everybody wants to beat up. <laughs> that's that's something that you know was uh i think my husband and i actually discussed at one point because he he had been, he's been watching wrestling for years and that's the thing a lot of people tend to you know they get so absorbed into it which in a way is not a bad thing because you know then you know they it shows the fan base and everything but they get so absorbed that after a while they they tend they can't seem to disconnect you know the person in the ring to the person maybe that they run into out, you know, out in the real world at the store or where, where have you? That's so, you know, 100% um, correct. Yeah. I've had, I've had my tires slashed. I've had my dab in the arm with a pencil. I've had stuff thrown at me in the ring. And, and like, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. But I, I try to play the part as best as I can as a bad guy. But sometimes, sometimes the fans go a little overboard. 
Tom's really getting a kick out of this because of the fact that people just can't, there's certain people just can't seem to, to, to teach, detach from that. You know, they, they see, they think that, they think that what they see you in the ring as is you're going to come at them on the street the same way. And that is just not true. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. But I, you know, I enjoy it. I, I love helping people. When I first started, when I first started the wrestling, I, I started out as a, as a good guy for the fans. And I was in, what happened was I didn't have a, a lot of, a lot of money at the, at the time I first started wrestling. I didn't have a lot of money for, uh, for, for real wrestling gear, like wrestling boots or wrestling tights or anything. So I went to Walmart and, and the first thing I could find that I could, that would look kind of flashy. I bought a SpongeBob shirt and SpongeBob pajamas and I bought some boat shoes. I got all my gear for like, for like, maybe 12 bucks and they they called me they called me SpongeBob as as the wrestler oh. and I, I made from 12 from 12 dollar gear I made my money back off that 12 dollar gear from selling 8 by 10s I made like 400 bucks off on that one night just from selling SpongeBob photos Well there Oh my goodness No no wonder I I have to say I did see somebody comment because I that uh, awesome photo you posted with you and Victoria. Um, somebody called you spongy. I'm sitting there going, what's spongy? Uh, I just let it go. A lot of people yeah. still call me. A lot of people still call me SpongeBob, Spongy, Spongy the Showman. The people that, that, that this this was eight to ten years ago. I did this. I did the character, and a lot of people still call me that because that's who I started out at. As and that's who oh. they remember me as. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about the single, fickle finger of fate <laughs> yeah, you basic path. So, I mean, one of the things we call this show Upbeat, and one of the things we love to do, no matter who it is, whether it's a writer or a comedian or an actor, uh, we always like to find out how did you get there? Uh, what was, what were the, the the situations in your life? What was that? Maybe that inner voice. Maybe it was that wake-up call. What was it that, uh, I mean, you don't wake up as a, or did you, as a, at, at two or three years of age, say, I want to be a wrestler. So how did it all, let's hear the story. Well, I, I've loved wrestling since I was probably seven years old. I remember I used to, every year at grammar school, grade school, there was a Halloween or, a, or end-of-the-year costume party, and I was always go dressed up as my favorite wrestler at the time, Sting. So I and so I knew right at that age, that young age, I wanted to do it. Um, so what happened? How I got involved in it is in 2002, I was putting up uh, political signs. I was working for the, a representative down here that runs for office, and I was I was putting up um, the signs that you put on the side on the road so people see who's running for office. And for doing that, he he said. For my, for my hard work, for him, he said, "I'll help you with one thing," and he got a hold of. He actually got a hold of Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWE, and then Vince McMahon got a hold of Tony Atlas, which that's how I went through uh, Tony Atlas, the wrestling school with Tony Atlas. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. That's those are the kind of connections that we uh, we marvel at. How uh, a little Steve Jobs calls it uh, the dots in your life. He says you never know mm -hmm. where the dots in your life are going to connect. Looking forward, but looking back, it all makes sense. And so yep. that's amazing that he had the uh, was able to get in touch with McMahon. That's no simple feat. Well, I never spoke with McMahon. I, I've never spoken with Vince McMahon, but he had. He had the, the ability to do so because of his power in the, in the, in the, as a representative. Ah, okay. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's an amazing story. So, uh, now tell us about the training. Tell, now, had you, had you prepared before you took the course or the training with, uh, in, in you know, how, what, what did you do physically to get ready for this? Uh, starting off was, was a, a lot of it is, uh, it was three hours of, of, of straight cardio. The first session was like three hours of, of straight, of straight cardio. And, uh, and then you, you did a few wrestling moves, but the first wrestling training session, there was pretty much no wrestling moves involved. It was just like a lot of cardio and jumping jacks and pull-ups and setups and stuff like that. And then you move on, you, you learn the basic moves. And then from there, I learned, I learned moves just from wrestlers that I've been in the ring with, as I've done, I've learned from match to match. So after the, uh, so I got the basics okay. down. So you've answered the question. So prior to that, you really hadn't set out on a routine or a, or, or a schedule to uh, to be in wrestling shape. So it's it all kind of happened when you took the class. Well, I was young then too, so I was 22 years old. Are 23 years old, oh, so okay. I was, I was in okay shape at that time. Anyway, if I had a, if I had to start right now, I, I couldn't. If I if I had to start wrestling all over right now, it'd be a lot harder for me when I was 22 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, so um, you know, you, I I love the uh, the way you taunt the audience and you rile them up and their reaction to you. And um, it's certainly effective from a showman, showmanship standpoint. But then again, you're, you're talking about the fact that these people can't distinguish, make the distinction between an act and the real person so that they come out and they want to actually physically harm you. Oh. <laughs> does, that, does that tell you that you're doing, you're very effective? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. But I think sometimes... Sometimes, like when I'm in there, sometimes I focus so good. I try to focus my mind so good so I can get my my point across and be a good be a good actor. But I think that sometimes that the, the crowd is so into it as well that they forget it's it's not real. Like like when you watch a movie, you get so tuned into the movie that that sometimes you're not even thinking right. this movie is is a script. So I think some of these fans, they after they after they like do something, then after after they calm down and realize, what did I just do that for? Like, they're, they're so into it that sometimes they just forget, hey, this ain't real. <laughs> well, you know, you, you so how did the trash talking evolve? I mean, cause you, can you give us a little trash right now? Yeah. Would you want some trash? Okay, how about this? Um, we are going to take out Rat Syndrome because we are the most overly vicious, physically intense, 
prone, sadistic team that you know, when rat syndrome gets in our way, we are going to take our fist, we are going to ball up our fist, and we are going to punch a square on the nose, and we are going to put the one, two, three on rat syndrome. Okay. That is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. That uh, that is just you know. I remember. Yeah, I mentioned the other day about you. You know, maybe doing a little video like that. The and you, if I was to, if you were to do that and share it, the the parents would just oh, they would love that. You know, this is how we feel. This is there is aggression in all of us. I I posted something the other day. It was quite a long post saying that if I was to meet Rett syndrome in a back alley somewhere, a dark alley, I would have so much bottled up inside of me of what it has stolen from my daughter, not only mine, but the thousands upon thousands of other girls as well, that I have no fear. I would try to take it down with just my hands itself. So what you just said right there, that, that sums up quite a bit of of all the... the the passion that we have to to see it gone. One of my one of my favorite quotes, and I, and I, I visited your fam- you and your family and your daughter and your husband yesterday, and one of my favorite quotes that sticks out in my mind, and I like to use it a lot. And like when I met your daughter and I look and I looked at her, like you look in her eyes. Mm-hmm. One of the favorite quotes that I have is, um, attitude your attitude is the only disability that you can have. Exactly. Like, cause when you, when you, you have your problems and you ha- like, everybody has struggles and everybody has issues, but just a real disability is frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And w- she looks happy. You, yeah. you can tell by looking at her eyes that she's happy and that she, she just like anybody else was just has some str- troubles that we need to put awareness about and get it get it solved but she's smiling a lot and and uh she has a good attitude you can tell she does she does have a very good attitude try to keep it positive every day you know uh, like i mentioned it in a like i said sometimes we fall off that optimism wagon but we get right back on again because you have, in a way, I've said this before, and people have said, well, you do, but you don't. You don't have a choice. You need to remain positive. You need to keep moving forward. Because exactly. you just won't get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I can give you an idea. When she was first diagnosed, uh, I swear it had to be about a month. I was uh, almost kind of like in, a, in my own little void. And I woke up out of it, and I said, you know, she's not going to get anywhere. She's not going to get any better. She's not going to move forward. She's not going to get any stronger if I don't pick myself up, take myself out of this, and try to remain positive every day for her. Yep. Yep. I remember I walked in and she was wow. watching The Fox and the Hound, and that's what—that's probably my favorite cartoon. <laughs> I, I love, love it. that she cartoon. Yeah. Todd and Copper. So, so Ryan, you. Uh... I want to hear more about the no no when this all happened. I mean, you had always had this dream as a kid to be a wrestler, and it kind of it sounds to me like you didn't. You, you, that's why I asked the question about the training prior to actually taking the the class or the training. 
you really weren't um, you you really weren't doing a lot to make this dream happen, but it happened anyway. Am I right on that? Well, exactly. Well, at the time, I, at the time, I never would have thought ever that I would go, that I would go to wrestling school. I would I would play like in the mirror and hold like a, a fake Walmart belt over my over my shoulder, and I'd play. I'd talk in the mirror and I'd wrestle around with my friends outside doing my own shows, but I never would have thought that I'd ever get in a position or, or had the chance to actually train to be on real organized shows. I never, that never would have crossed my mind until, until it happened. That's amazing. You know, I've got to tell a story that, uh, Phyllis Diller, who was the first female stand-up comedian ever, I had seen her as a kid and everybody, I remember my mother and grandmother absolutely adoring her, as most women did, because she finally, she was a, gave a female voice to stand up. And I got to work with her in, uh, at one point in my career, my comedy career. And we were talking, I, again, uh, I, I couldn't get access to her. I had worked with her two or three weekends, but she was uh, so well protected. Uh, and then the man came up and wanted me to get her to sign a couple of her old albums. And that got me backstage and I sat with her and she told me about, I said, you know, Phyllis, I said, uh, I talked about, I, I was teaching sales training at the time. I said, I talk about you in my classes. And she said, why? I said, because I know that you took your picture and you wanted to be the first female stand-up comedian. You would take your picture and put it on the refrigerator and surround it with Bob Hope and Jerry Lewis and Jack Benny and Milton Berle and uh, Bob Hope and all of those great mm -hmm. comedians. She said, that's right. She says, I got that out of a book called The Magic of Believing. And she, and one of the texts, so she sent me the book autographed. And she said to me, uh, it, one of the points in the book was that exactly what you're talking about, looking in the mirror every day, and telling yourself that this is what you want and that you will be it and that you are yep. it. And that's so basically what you were doing was exactly that. I, I have a notebook and like it, I'll listen to conversations with people or I'll watch movies or I'll, I'll watch uh, television shows. And if I hear something that somebody says, like a, a phrase or, or something that I think is funny, I'll write it down and and I have a book that at home that has everything that I've got from people and a lot of stuff I'll use in my promos that I got from other people. I just say it my way and it'll be like a short, a short quote and I'll add my own stuff to it. And that's how you developed your uh, trash talk. Well, I don't, it's, I don't, a lot of the trash talk I have is from my own mind, but like a lot of the stuff is like, I'll take, I'll take things that that other people use that I think is funny. Like if my boss, like I have, a, I have also have a, I also have a job that I do that's not wrestling. I have a, a a real job that I that I do. And if my boss like gets mad at me and he'll say yell at me and say something, I'll chuckle under my breath and I'll say I'm going to use that one. Or, or somebody <laughs> in the store will say something to me and I'll, I'll use that. So it's I'm very. Uh, I'm very aware and I'm very focused on what I do and I'm always thinking about what my next move or what I'm, my next show or 
or what I'm going to do to entertain people or help people out. I'm always thinking uh, every second. So you've been doing this for about 10 years. I've been doing this almost 15 years. 15. All right. Well, I, well, I thought, when did you take the class? 2002? 2002. But I did, I, I did another show prior to that. That was, uh, that was on my own. That really, it was a show, but it wasn't a show. So I've been, I've been involved in promoting for, for about 15 years. Okay. And, uh, now, I didn't get to see, I, I saw mostly uh, videos about the trash talk, et cetera. Now, do you do uh, some of the moves, more outrageous moves, like leaping backwards from the top uh, uh, ring uh, rung? I, I don't do nothing crazy. I wrestle, but I don't, I don't do nothing crazy, especially now where I'm older. I'm a, I like to think smarter. So I like to, do, I like to keep yeah. my stuff basic now. You don't know, like... Before I was younger, I would say, I'm just going to go all out and I'm going to do anything. I don't, I don't care. But now I'm 38 now, so I know one mess up, one, one time getting hurt, then I can mess myself up for a long time. So I, when I get in there, right. I, I do things basic, and, I, and I, I, work around, I work around my moves as much as I can, and I do more interaction with the crowds than I do anything else. Right. Good for you. There, is, there is another you know, when I Yeah. Go ahead, Rosemary. There is another uh, YouTube video that I watch. In fact, it's the one that uh, has the ACDC track on it. Victoria loves that band I had mentioned before. Um, and there is, there are a couple of clips in that that show you just going all out in the ring. Um, you, I think there was one time you took, you flipped somebody right over. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's videos on there when I'm wrestling. My, the one that I went all out the most with and really beat each other up was actually my best friend, Abe Alley. And the funny thing about wrestling is when you're in there with your best friend, you, you, you beat each other up worse than you do if, you be, if you're wrestling somebody that you don't like. Yeah. Like when I'm wrestling somebody I don't, if I'm wrestling somebody I don't like, I have to stay professional and I got to stay, I got to keep in business. So I, I protect him, even though I'm really not a fan of this person. And he and they do the same to me because out of professionality. But when when you're in there with your best friend, you if I hit him hard, he hit me hard. I hit him harder. He hit me harder. And we're beating the living, you know what, of each other. And so so when you're in there with your best buddy, that's that's a lot worse pain than you're in there with your wrestling somebody that you you really don't like. <laughs> you know, um, I was introduced to wrestling at a very early age. My father used to take us into the Boston Arena. I think it was every other Monday night, and we used to get a little postcard. And those were the glory days of uh, Killer Kowalski and uh, just you know Frank Scopper and uh, these uh, Haystack Calhoun. Uh, these amazing, amazing legends. And so I would see some of the acrobatics they would do. But I also, when it, when McMahon got it, he turned wrestling from, you know, a, 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 you know, a TV Saturday afternoon event into a major world uh, attraction. I mean, he exactly, brought yep. it. He, he, genius at showmanship. And then when I saw, I had been away from it for years, 
and I kind of caught up in the middle with uh, uh, I forget some of the the more notorious acts, but when he got it and. I hadn't seen it in years, and I was lucky enough to get into WrestleMania when it was here in Boston. And I saw the likes of The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. and Steve Austin. And the insanity, I mean, to see to see The Undertaker, who was, what, almost seven feet? Mm-hmm. He's 6'10". Oh, boy. He's 6'10". He's okay, big. so almost seven feet. He would stand on, get up on the ropes, the top rope, balance himself, and then do a backflip. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you, you know think that? Of that? Would, you ever, would you ever attempt anything like that? <laughs> no, I probably will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when the, people. The, when people don't value wrestling, I tell them, you've got to understand, these are some of the best athletes in the world. Yep. It's entertainment. It's, 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 it's controlled violence, entertainment, and, and it's, it's, hard. it's hard on the body, and you've you got, you got to take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like any, it's just like any other, it's just like any other movie or or. Or TV show you watch on TV, and even even a lot of sports now. A lot of sports are there. There's money is involved in sports now, where ain't 100 percent real. There, it's about money, and a lot of sports are are rigged up to, in my my opinion, are rigged up. Mm-hmm. So so the people make money off of them. And I don't know that yeah, to be true, well, but I mean, choreographed. Well, uh, no, not choreographed, yeah, but, but like a, a real no, like real sports. Like, like I believe that like there's certain times when like a game is thrown, to, so they make money. I believe that. Well, I uh, I was just again I'm going to be just uh, when I see what professional wrestlers can do acrobatically and you know and physically strength wise. I'm going to go back to saying that you can't dismiss this as just entertainment. These guys are amazing athletes. Yep. It takes it. it I think it takes a lot of mind. It takes a lot of the mind. You need to have a broad uh, imagination to to and be creative. Uh, I think anybody that would just you know because I I watched the videos. I said there's, there's a lot of creativity in it and. I even heard at one point, and I don't know if this is true. I'm just saying this is what I heard. Somebody said that certain ones, not all of them, actually took dance or even like a, a ballet or gymnastics or something. That that's that's how they kept their balance. That's how they, you know, because it's because it's entertainment. Not they're not actually beating, as you say, the crap out of each other. Um, they have to be. It has to be very. Um, they have to be careful. Exactly. But they they have to be very. There's there's a. I don't mean to put it this way, but it's the only word that's coming to me at the moment. It, there's there's you have to be graceful about your movements, even though you're trying to look. You know, you're trying to come across all all rough and 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 harsh and and everything else. But there's. I had heard about that. And I'm not sure if maybe it was just a few that did that or what, but I thought that 
was, I thought that was awesome because it, it, that takes a lot to do that. Exactly. Um, so, that, I, uh, I know that the, the first, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you about, uh, you've never, you know, um, so you, you, at this point, do you ever see yourself in the WWE? Or, I mean, doing. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Not me, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm 38 now, and uh, right now, like, to me, wrestling, wrestling when I was younger, is, is I wanted to wrestle and wrestle, and I, and I love to wrestle. Now my passion right now, I, I still love wrestling, but my main focus right now is, is organizing the shows, doing the shows, and, and the, the actual wrestling part and getting in the ring and, and doing the moves and talking on the mic. That is, I still love doing that, and I want to do that, but my focus now is mostly on making the best show I can going to visit kids, the, the kids that need, that need extra help and want to see me. And now my, that's my passion. Now my passion now is just to do whatever I can to bring a smile to somebody's face and help somebody in a struggling time. And that to me goes above the actual being in the ring. That's great. Do you ever see yourself as uh, maybe being an Ed McMahon someday? Uh, I, I would I wouldn't. I would not really want to be on the road uh, as much as they, as much as them guys are, because wrestling is very mental, and there's a lot of backstabbing, and there's a lot of people that hate on each other. So I want to be in an atmosphere where where there's respect and a lot of love and support going out. And when you get to the top level of anything, then it becomes about money. Only money. Money's good, but when it becomes about only money and people competing with each other and people stabbing each other on the back, then when, that's when the fun gets out of it. So I probably would not want to, would not want to go to the big leagues or go on the road, like full, full time on the road, especially now I'm 38 and I know what the business is like. So I, I probably would not want to do that. Good, good for you. That's, uh, that's how I feel about a lot of things about what I do. And, uh, you know, it's funny, with the Christmas season, you see a Christmas carol, and I watched one of the original Christmas carols, and that's the message over and over. It's not just about the money, is it? It's not, no, it's not just about the money. Money is important. You, got, you, got, you have to have it to live. But it seems sometimes the more people get, the more people want, and the more people mm-hmm. are willing to stab each other in the back to get it. Money's important. You that's have right. to have it. You've got to pay your bills. But there's a point where you say, all right, I've got enough money. I don't need no more money. Right. Well, I agree wholeheartedly um, on that. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, you've uh, you've brought some amazing uh, amazing enlightenment to to our upbeat show. You've uh, told us how basically a dream as a child became a reality, which is what we want to let everybody realize uh, who listens to us. Uh, plus, the fact that not only you're living a dream, but you're, you're having fun and have had fun, and then as it grows into something like this, you not only have fun, but you start to give back. That's the best part about it. When people, when people, yeah. when people appreciate what you're doing and you can, you can bring respect to what you're doing and make people smile, that's the best part about it. It ain't about title, championship belt. It's not about money. It's not about, it's not about anything else. It's, when I get to go and see somebody, and I know that I did good for somebody, and people respect that, and I respect them. To me, uh, I'd rather have respect and, than money any day of the week. There you go. Great. Well, Rosemary, I know that uh, 
Ryan's got a tight schedule today, but I'm, I don't have any more questions. How about you? I think we've covered quite a bit, and I was going to say that he's another is a minority. You don't really hear people saying very much that that the what the most important things are. I I've been hearing people saying, "Oh, I want more, more, more." So hearing that is very it's very refreshing to to know that there is another that thinks the same way. Exactly. Ryan, anything else you want to say to the uh, to the fans? Uh, I want to say that the the progress of of this show is is being in the works. Also, uh, the show is also going to be a a double a double fundraiser. I I contacted Rose and she knows about the young boy in our area. He has come down with cancer. He's 17 years old. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into a lot of detail because I don't know the full story on that. But there's a little boy, another little boy. He's he's almost an adult, and he has come down with cancer. And it's going to be a show to help the ret retinas program out awareness, and to help this little boy out. And uh, I'm going to have an official set date very soon. It's looking like March 24th at the Narragansett High School. Um, and uh, I also have one at the Sumner High School on the 25th and and if people want to keep updated on shows they can look me up on facebook under ryan michaels colson or ryan michaels colson cares organization and if anybody would like to like to help out on one of these shows and send a small donation they can get a hold of me or rose and uh and any little small donation will help make the show better and help pay for things like insurance the ring the wrestlers to make the show better and uh, if anybody wants to follow me on Facebook there, I'd appreciate that. And uh, that'd be awesome. And it's uh, Ryan Michaels Colson, C-O-L-S-O-N. You can find him on Facebook. Do you have a website? I don't have a website. No, I, I have a, well, today, the way I see is today, Facebook, you can get pretty much anything you can on a website. So, exactly. so I have Facebook. I have Facebook now, uh, Ryan Michaels Colson, or the Ryan Michaels Colson Cares Organization. Great. And more than likely, my profile... I'm sorry? Go ahead. More than likely, my profile, I'll be wearing a cowboy hat. Yes, I see that. (laughs) That's great. Well, I love your character. I love your enthusiasm. I love your spirit. I love the fact that uh, you're so passionate about giving back and reaching out and making people feel good uh, that you do give them the attention that they so well deserve. Rosemary, you got anything else to add? Just the fact that I wanted to keep thanking him again for doing this. It it means a lot. It's going to mean a lot to, to thousands, thousands of people. Hey, no problem. And thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. All right. We're, we're and, glad uh, to have you on. Keep trashing talk you or talk trashing. <laughs> yeah, on, Ryan, thank yes. Thank you guys. <laughs> Have a good day. Wait. Take care. You too, man. Rosemary, Take I don't care. know if you have anything else. No, just uh, the fact that um I am uh, I'm very grateful right now. I'm that's I'm very grateful for this. This is uh this is huge. I'm glad that this is being done. And I'm, right, I'm well, uh, really happy to have 
You there? Yep. Okay. Well, so I'm really, really happy that we were able to have him on. Really happy that we were able to yeah. have him on the show. That's great. Well, um, I'm going to sign off with some upbeat music. You have a beautiful day, and I can't wait for the next show. This was a good one. Okay, Tom. Thank you. You as well. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Oh. Thank you.